Welcome to DIY for Business. It's Russ and Greg with you today. We're talking to a business owner. We've been wanting to do this for a bit where we just talk to somebody about running their business. Truly. I, we, we have been talking about this for a while. I and mean, when we're looking for who would be the right person that owns a business that we can kind of, you know, discuss what it took to start that business. I mean, we've done so many episodes on why people start and the challenges that, that they occur, you know, in starting their business. And Robert Downham, he is the owner, franchisee of Liberty Tax Service, is here and, and joining us. And I've known Robert for a long time. So when we were figuring out who's the right person, Robert came to mind. And, and luckily, he was available. So Robert, welcome. Thank you very much. It's nice to be with you guys. It's an honor. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. So like I said, you're the owner franchisee of Liberty Tax Service. Tell us a little bit about your background and what you do at Liberty Tax Service. Well, my background is all the T word, capital T word, as I like to say, anything tax. Uh, my background is an undergraduate <laughs> from Berkeley, a master's in tax from uh, Golden Gate University. I started off in the tax world at Pacific Gas and Electric in my first year right out of college and have been doing taxes ever since. The first 22 years, I worked in the corporate world. But back in 2006, I decided I'd try to become my own person and work for myself, basically, as a franchisee for Liberty Tax Service. It's a nationwide uh, franchise, and I'm one of its franchisees in California. There's a, quite a few franchisees, some 3,300 across the country. Tell us a little about what you do. So we prepare returns for individuals, uh, small businesses, corporations that are not public corporations, which include S-corporations, uh, C-corporations, LLCs, and some partnerships. And a lot of sole proprietorships that layer right into people's personal income tax returns. So obviously the busy season is right before the tax due date, but what do you do the rest of the year? We're open all year round. Back in the old days, a lot of preparers uh, who were individual tax preparers would work until April 15. But, you know, as time goes on, you build the business. And since 2007, that's what I've done. So I work every day. I work every day, all year, sometimes nights and weekends, especially during tax season. <laughs> File the returns. Oh, We're bet. open year-round, and we provide advice. What is your typical client? We have a lot of different types of clients, people with real estate, multiple rentals, people who have small businesses, self-employment type of arrangements, and also people who have a lot of stock option income where they're exercising stock options or uh, they work in the Silicon Valley. So the nice thing about my office is that we have people who are just barely making it, you know, young people or people who are just starting out and then people who are really making it and then a lot in between. So it really represents the demographic in which we live. I really kind of wanted to kind of take it back to that 2007 period of time in your in your oh, life yeah. when you decided that you uh -huh. wanted to start your business. I kind of wanted to get a sense for you know, why did you want to walk away from working from, for somebody to doing it your own? And, and what went into that decision-making process for you? I worked in the corporate world for 22 years. And around 2005, 2006, I really started considering what should I do for the second part of my career? And this worked out quite nicely because I really wanted to do more talking with people as opposed to working in the background, preparing returns, that quiet, stoic office converted itself to where I talk with people all day long and do the same type of technical work. Not quite the scale 
of you know the most complex things that I used to do in a large public company. But it's a lot of fun talking with people about their fact patterns and it's re-etched my brains. And that's really what I needed. I needed back then was to re-etch my brain for the next 22 years. It gives me a lot more opportunities. I think there's one uh, key thing is that um, had I stayed at uh, Clorox where I was at, maybe I could have stayed until you know 30 years or maybe 25 years. But I don't think I was really enjoying working in the corporate world. And I really needed a change. And I love doing taxes, but the change over to more individuals and small businesses really was interesting to me because um, I can operate the business and I hire my own employees. I take care of the marketing and advertising with a lot of the standards that I need to abide by as a franchisee. You bring up the the franchise. What made you choose to go that route? A lot of people ask me that question and have so over the years. I could have probably started off as an enrolled agent without the brand of Liberty Tax. But earlier, about maybe four years, three years preceding the time that I left my corporate job, um, I had seen ads about becoming a franchisee, buying your own franchise and operating your own business. Well, that's expensive, right? There's a cost. You pay to buy the fee and you pay marketing royalties and to the, uh, the company for advertising. On the other hand, if I'd have gone directly to be an enrolled agent, probably wouldn't quite have the scale that I have now. Maybe I could have, maybe I could have grown a business, but I, I think really it, amount, it amounted to being a part of something. And I always have thought that I like to be a part of something. And that was liberty. When you were looking at you know starting a franchise and going into liberty, you probably investigated other franchises and then you compared that against you know, being just a, a directly your own enrolled agent, just from a yeah. financial point of view, how did you weigh all that? And, and how did you put it all down on a ledger and go, okay, this is the right direction for me financially? Well, yeah. When I look back at the investment in buying the franchise and the royalties over time, I looked at what I could get as being a part of a system, right? Liberty Tax Service. I'm pretty good in taxes, but... Could I just say that I'm, I was a good business person right out the gate? Probably not. I worked in business. I was a corporate employee. I worked for some really smart people who led departments and led organizations. But I really couldn't at that time say that I was a great business person. But that's what I got by becoming a franchisee. That was one of the things that uh, they, they give you operational know-how. They give you background know-how on operating a business and software. And uh, technical support. If I needed to ask a quick question on taxes, I like to think I can find the answer. But sometimes you want your answer to be um, vetted a little bit more. And Liberty can do that with people who work there as technical expertise with, with textbook, technical expertise in uh, income taxes. So it's a lot of support and a lot of background that I pay for. And when I looked at, you know, to answer your question, Greg, the cost of doing that versus the cost of uh, just starting out on my own. Over time, in the first several years, the, the cost would have been about equal over time. Right? It would have cost me just as much to advertise and get my name out there. And then the cost goes down as people start to recognize and know you. But they approached the same. I did a little Excel spreadsheet. If I wasn't a franchisee versus was a franchisee, and the cost of being a franchisee 
while it was significant, starts to decrease over time as to the investment. And then it's a variable cost over time, a percentage of revenue. So that's fine. It's about the same as you would pay for buying software and uh, buying services from an IT person to come in and do things that you would need. The network that I have for the multiple machines and making sure that things are up and running. During tax season, there's really no time for me to research how to fix the network if it's down or get the, the printer to work. I, I think that's that's something that I would have welcomed when, when running my business. Yeah. You know, it, it was it was difficult at times. And yeah, the printer. <laughs> Show me a business owner that yeah. hasn't tried to punch their printer every once in a while and all. <laughs> right? I mean, come on. So what are some of the other benefits of being a franchisee? I think the camaraderie was working with other offices. Uh, here in San Ramon, my buddy out in Livermore who operates the Livermore franchisee, he was one of my, when I started out, gave me insights on running a business and I provide insights that I knew a lot about with tax. So we helped each other out and you can do that across the country. Sometimes franchisees, regardless of the, the type of business that you operate, are kind of afraid to, to share knowledge because you're right next in the next territory. But it hasn't been that way for us. It's really been a nice way for us to remain friends and help each other out. For instance, if there's a type of tax return that he operates or that he provides that I don't, I can send a client who calls me to see Augie out in Livermore, and he does the same for me. But that's, that's a big deal. But also the system that we have. We follow the system. You follow the system with Liberty. It works well. And believe me, I like to tell my teammates that you never want to tell people you know everything because then that's kind of, you know, you want to be humble and you would like to make sure that you don't try to say you know everything because wherever you go, there's always someone who will know something more than you do. And uh, that's why we specialize. But learn as much as you can each day. Be better knowing that in this journey I started back in 2007, it's like, oh, come from a corporate tax oh, yeah, I can do this. And I could, I could know the technical stuff. But believe me, when you start your own business, if you think that you're never going to make a mistake, you're going to make a mistake, no matter what. Do you learn by your mistakes? Yes, that's what you want to do. That's the key. But if I told you I never made a mistake on some things, then I'd be lying. I have to say that um, everybody's going to make a mistake. You want to teach your people to keep an eye on different types of things, spread your knowledge, spread the experiences that you have, and hopefully they don't make the, the same mistakes that you do. If they did, then it just chalk it up to experience. If you've had some failures in your life, then great. As they say, I guess, in the high-tech world, those venture capitalists won't fund a, an idea unless the proposal is coming from someone who's gone through a failure. I kind of believe that. I want to dive into the, the human aspect of this when we come back from break. So when we come back, I, I'd love to kind of explore okay. kind of the customer service and the relationship side of, of your business. You know, a great way to promote your business is a podcast. <laughs> yeah. So you're listening to a podcast and we're telling you to make a podcast. How cool is that? Yeah. Well, okay. Where do we do it? We do it on Anchor. And why? Well, because they do all the work for you. They distribute the podcast. You can edit your podcast right on your phone or within your computer. Uh, everything you need for a podcast is right there in one place. Just go and download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And welcome back. And thank you for listening to DIY for Business. It's Russ and Greg with you. We are joined by 
the owner of Liberty Tax Service in San Ramon, Robert Downham. And we're about to get into customer service. Robert, can you tell us a little about just your thoughts and your methodology when it comes to customer service and dealing with clients? It's all about customer service. And um, I think deep down in the person is being down to earth, non-judgmental, and looking for ways to save people tax dollars, but also making it such that they don't feel threatened by doing something or hearing something like bad news if they have to pay tax or if they haven't filed tax returns and finally they've come in to fess up and file multiple years, there's no judgment. We're just here to help. And while it helps us put food on the table, on the other end, we're really helping the clients get so that they can sleep at night if they haven't filed in a while. But if they have filed a while, they want good service. They want the ability to understand in advance what their forecast is going to look like with estimated payments during the year or tax planning during the year. And that's what the ability to listen to questions that they have. If they don't understand, no problem, because this is what we do. We try to make something that sometimes can be very um, complicated and explain it in a very simple way, work with people on a facts and circumstances basis. If people want to hear the technicalities of why their return has caused an overpayment or a large underpayment, we'll go down to the details and we'll walk them through that on an analytical basis. People like that. It's always at every point in time making sure that they feel comfortable and that you feel comfortable delivering a, a service. and that it's always such that there's no judgment. You're always just trying to let them understand. And, you know, it's a time-intensive, deadline-driven business with lots of volume. They don't really want to hear um, all the complexities or how hard you have to work. You just want to make it easy for them, regardless of how difficult it is, because they're coming to us and they're trusting us. It's like open kimono, right? It sounds like you really take the time to get to know your clients. They're not only telling you about tax data, but you're hearing about their lives. You find out, you know, you have children. Are they young children? Maybe there's daycare. Or if they're older children and they're, you know, early, late, you know, teens, then they're probably in college. There's education credits. You just open up a discussion that them to talk. And usually... Things will come up during the discussion that will come up that has some sort of tax significance. So I try not to just uh, give them an organizer and say, fill this out. I really want to hear with their voice and I want to hear kind of what their sensitivities are. You're always looking to see um, where you can provide insights. And that's what really um, brings customers back is not just preparing the return, but providing insights from a tax perspective that say, ah, explain that to me again. Okay, we'll explain it to you and we'll walk you through it. And then you can tell your friends about it and uh, you can pontificate at the next party. You're developing relationships with your customers. So they open up and they're telling you about their personal lives and just everything about what's going on. And they feel very comfortable with you. And you're, you know, obviously you're very interested in their lives, but you're also opening up doors on the business side of it and how that might actually help save them money or, you know, you can use it 
use that information in their tax returns to to help them along. So having that strong relationship to get them to open to you actually helps them. Yes. No judgment. Just listen. And one thing will connect to another. There might be something that initially during the discussion might not pop up, but after a little bit of thought, if they drop off the returns and we've detailed prepared it and reviewed it, then we've got some additional insights. We want to make sure that we provide them those insights. Robert, you know, you, you started the business back, you know, in 2007. And I'm guessing the way you marketed your business in 2007, when you're just starting to get your, you know, your first clients, your first handful of clients, your first hundred clients, to the way you market your business now probably has changed a lot. And I'm just curious, where, what did you do to market your business at the beginning to kind of grow your business and then compare that to how you're marketing your business today? Back in 2007, there wasn't as much technology as we have now. And over time, the cash cost of advertising has gone down, not because of technology or what's offered in the operational standpoint, but because the referral process of existing clients and people finding out about you through word of mouth has affected how I market my business. So the key back when I started was getting visibility for the office, making sure as a retail front, people could see my sign, making sure that it was bright and large enough, keeping the lights on at night, uh, making sure I had a waiver to attract attention, making sure that I had magazines and news, news media out there, trying to get um, into the public with announcements about new tax rules and uh, being ready, knowing the rules in case someone asked you. It's those little things that the more you know, people ask, you can tell them and uh, that word spreads. It's not necessarily just the mass advertising. So back then, though, that's how it was. Nowadays, it's a lot more with texting, keeping an internet presence, reviews, Google, Yelp, sometimes Facebook. You mentioned referrals. Are you talking referrals from clients or referrals from other business owners? If I see someone at the coffee store that looks interesting uh, and they stop and chat and they smile, I'm going to say hello. I'm going to talk with them and see what they do. I'm just curious. And, you know, I won't tell them what I do unless they ask. Uh, a subset of doing referrals is also being a member of your community. So I love to give back to the San Ramon Chamber of Commerce, where I've been a member since, oh, 2007. No, I'm not a big uh, coffee guy, right? I, don't, I usually make my coffee, you know, at the office. And, you know, I don't really go out to coffee shops very often, except for when I, my client wants to meet me in a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. So if I'm around town and they say, hey, yeah, meet me at a Starbucks or something like that, I'll, I'll do my meetings at a Starbucks. Inevitably, I will see Robert Downham in that Starbucks <laughs> talking to somebody. This guy is the master of networking. He, I mean, I've, I've seen him talking to so many different people at, at different coffee shops. And I think, Robert, you, you probably do really, really well networking yourself there as well as you might even find employees there. (laughs) That's right. Um, Actually, I have an ulterior motive with the coffee because I really love coffee. And uh, sometimes (laughs) I'll do two 20 ounces a day. Sometimes I'll do three 30 ounces a day. But you know what? Even though we have a coffee maker in the office, I just like to get out and uh, drive my car, turn on the radio, get a break, 
and um, go get a coffee and uh, just get a get, get refreshed. And it, 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 it's nice because then you see people and that can be a good referral. Other times, though, a lot of the referrals are from Chamber of Commerce, where I meet people, fellow businesses, and other referrals come from things that I do in the uh, community. But I guess it, 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 you know, there's there's somewhat of an ulterior motive there too. So you get uh, business from it, but certainly there's more giving than getting, which is I like to keep that in balance out. I'm always giving more than I'm trying to get, and I think a small business owner should keep that in mind. Uh, don't just throw out that business card and, you know, walk away uh, unless you had a really good discussion to know who that person is. And I think that really uh, comes across when people meet you, they understand that, you know, you're really sincere about trying to help them. And I think that is one of the reasons why you do get so many referrals is because people want to help you. And one of the things you mentioned earlier, which I've always thought was just a really, really smart business move is you became a ambassador for the Chamber of Commerce so that it was kind of your responsibility to talk to business owners in the area to get them to kind of join the, the chamber, but it also is a way for you just to meet potential clients as well. Not that that was your objective in being the ambassador, but it definitely led to additional business for you. And I thought that was just a really smart move. Yeah, that's, that's correct. The ambassadors is a way for us to give back to the chamber by finding other businesses to join the chamber. But it also helps us spread the word about our business and it helps helps us spread the word about fellow ambassadors' businesses. And it's the same with the business referral network that I belong to in the Chamber of Commerce. So just five years, I've been one of the coordinators to help lead uh, one of the business referral network groups. It's a lot like that organization called the Competitor. LATEP or a BNI, and um, right. this this organization is backed by the Chamber of Commerce, and it uh, has the president of the Chamber of Commerce who basically attends all the BRN meetings of the two groups that we have, and it helps spread the word right about our businesses. We're helping each other spread the word about other people's businesses. But this is interesting. Here's another note. When it comes to these groups, um, there's a lot of collegiality. There's a lot of friendship. And there's a lot of fun that we all have. It's a way if after some time you've gotten to know a fellow business, then you can help each other out, provide a rearview mirror to check each other's blind spots or provide insights. Hey, I think you ought to try this or help each other out. Maybe you've got a new person who started business after working in the corporate world, and they're not necessarily comfortable getting up and speaking for, before a large group or even a small group, but you could coach them. You could take them aside. Hey, you do your next presentation before the BRN. I'll be glad to sit and listen and give you some ideas and tips, help you along. And uh, that helps small businesses help each other. And that's a big deal. So... It's not just referrals, although referrals can end up from helping each other, but it feels good to help help fellow businesses. It's really cool in hearing your story, Robert, because, you know, going back to what motivated you to, to start the business, it was you wanted to be more social. You wanted to help people. You wanted to talk to more people. You wanted to have more relationships. 
And you found a way to do that with using your expertise in tax. And, you know, Russ and I have done multiple shows on, you know, motivation and, and how do you use your level of expertise and, and to help people. And hearing your story is really fun because it, it, it all it all fit together for you. Right. You found a way to use your expertise in accounting, but really fuel what was important to you. And that was, you know, helping people and dealing with more people and, and having those relationships and developing the, the, the network that you've developed over the years. It, it's really neat how you've turned this into a really successful business. Thanks, Greg. That's a very nice perceptive uh, summary you've got there. I think about why I went into this business. You know, a lot of times you see people going into a business and you can, ah, oh, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. But maybe it will. You don't want to, you know, discourage them. You want to encourage them. But if you think about what motivates you, right? What motivates me? My grandma was a nurse. My mom cut hair for 44 years. They really like to help people and talk with people. Right? And you take those two types of qualities and apply those qualities in your business, and it makes you happy. So while you can make money and put food on the table doing what you do, you're also satisfying a desire that you have built into you. Enjoy what you do. And I think that's what's the best wrap up to your story is you found something that made you happy. That was the spark that you needed to kind of re-motivate yourself to kind of get out of the, the corporate world. And yeah. if you do what you love and you do it well, and you uh -huh. do it from an authentic point that you're wanting to help people, the money does follow. It, it usually right. does, but it's the people that go into business just to make a dollar. You know, sometimes they burn out too quick because they're not doing what they love anymore. Yeah, they, they burn out themselves or their employees. Yeah. It's just really refreshing hearing your story, Robert. I, I appreciate you coming on with us. Robert, if someone's interested in becoming a customer, how do they find out more information about your company? If you're interested in coming to Liberty as a customer, just know that we don't just prepare the forms, but we provide advice and we have other services as part of the Liberty Tax affiliate of you know lending and loans and that sort of thing. But we also provide a lot of advice on the tax end and a lot of planning. We, we address a lot of questions that you may have during the year. We're open year round. And then for those who might be interested in learning taxes, I teach a tax class. I teach the tax class that qualifies you to receive a registration in the state of California. Great having you, Robert. We'll definitely give you a call and get you back on at a future date. Thanks a lot. I've really enjoyed this time and opportunity to, to speak with you all. Thank you, Robert. And thank you for listening and subscribing to DIY for Business. If you're a business owner and you would like to join us, just uh, reach out to us on Twitter. Yeah, just uh, follow us on Twitter and you can message us and let us know that you'd like to join us on the show. I got to tell you that all of the information that we talk to you about on the show, it's advice. It might work for you. It might not work for you. We want your business to grow. That is our mission. That is our goal of this podcast. And that's why we deliver this information to you every episode. We thank you for listening. We thank you for subscribing and we will talk to you next time. Have a great week. Yes.